Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather. I've got some news and views from a West Texans biblical point of view one you're not going to find in your mainstream media. Hey guys, welcome to this evening's podcast. It is the 13th of October and it is 9.27 p.m. Central Standard Time in Texas. Um... There's some things I want to talk to you guys about. I had recorded a podcast last night and I was going to upload it and I thought about it and I thought, you know, I don't think, uh, I don't think I should air this podcast. So I didn't and I prayed about it and, uh, I thought, you know, maybe not, maybe, maybe I shouldn't, shouldn't upload this little bad boy. So today we're going to do another podcast and we're going to talk about completely different things. One thing I do know is you cannot let uh, you can't let anger consume you. And one thing we all have to remember as Christians is God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. So remember that the Lord said, vengeance is his and he will repay. And uh, he also said not to let the sun go down on your anger. So there is righteous anger. There is righteous. And we are all in the correct mode to be angry about what is going on over in Israel with Hamas murdering viciously. We've all seen the news. I don't have to tell you and I'm not going to go through that. Not going to discuss that graphically on this podcast. Um, I covered the war when it broke out and um, you know you've all seen the pictures, the images, the photographs, the videos. I don't have to tell you. Um, if you do watch Amir's uh, Sarfati's telegram page and you're seeing all of it, I will warn you it is graphic. Um, Olive Tree, I watched Jan Markell on her um, telegram page too, that it put a, a graphic warning up to let people know that Amir's page is being very graphic and we understand he's very angry about what's going on over there and the truth needs to be put out. People need to see it. People need to know the barbaric absolute barbaric, monstrous, demonstrative, demonized attacks that are happening in Israel and what they're doing to the elderly, Holocaust survivors, babies, children, just, um, you know, you guys have seen it, and um, I don't have to tell you, but the world needs to know um, what these terrorists are doing, what they have done, the crimes that they have committed, the horrific crimes they have committed, and uh, there's a special place in hell for them. And may God, uh, you know, I'm not even going, I'm not. Um, Psalm 83, we'll talk about that tonight. Um, we'll talk about some other things. People say, is this the Ezekiel 38, 39 war? And I would have to say, no, not right now. I'm going to get a drink of coffee here. Mm. No, because... Ezekiel 38 and 39 war, nobody comes to help Israel. Nobody. There'll be a couple nations that, you know, protest. You know, the lung, young lions of Tarsus, which could be the United States, but, uh, and it may not be, you know. Um, I've did a whole podcast on this, on this war. Entire podcast. Um, it's from way back. Um, but... Uh, not right now. Now, could it lead to the Psalm 80, uh, Psalm 38 and 39 war? Of course. Oh, absolutely. They're setting the stage right now. Absolutely. But right now, no, because nobody comes to the aid of Israel at that time because 
God Almighty is the one who destroys the enemies of Israel at that time, and the whole world will know. And so, as of right now, the United States is helping Israel. Thank God we are. We are sending weapons. We are sending ships. We are sending military. We are sending supply. We're sending everything. Uh, intelligence, everything we're sending it. And so, thank God for that. Uh, Britain is actually helping. But right now, I think they're saying that they weren't actually sending any. They're just sending ships to deter, I guess. And maybe it'd be hospitals or something. So, we're like, okay. But, um, you know, it's funny. The king over there can call these people terrorists. But the BBC can't. Really? <laughs> Folks, don't don't let them turn this around. You saw the pictures. You've seen the stories. You've watched the videos. Don't let them turn this into a, a, a pity party. You know, the media is really good at that. Hamas is really good at using the media. They know what they're doing. These folks are, I can't, words just escape me, but they are vile wretched, just despicable, demon-possessed. They have, There's no way you could commit the acts of atrocities that these things have done and not be demon-possessed. You cannot. There's no, no way. There's just no way. But we aren't going to dwell. We're not going to dwell on that tonight. We are going to dwell on what the Bible says, and we're going to dwell on some other things, and we're going to talk about some other things. And so... It is, like I said, 9.33 p.m. Um, Central Standard Time here in Texas on the Friday the 13th, October 13th here um, in the, uh, I guess, the uh, the leaders over there had called for the Global Day of Jihad. Um, and some terrible, wretched things have happened today. Um, there has been a lot of horrible things happen. France, there's been some terrible things happen um, here in the United States, a, a receptionist, I believe, at a synagogue was shot and killed. So there are some terrible things. Um, there are terrible protests. And I want to say, um, number one, the Talib or whatever these folks are in our Congress or whatever, they need to go. They need to go. There was a school board member in a school. We won't mention any names here. But she protested and she got angry and she chewed out the other members because they took a moment of silence for the uh, Israeli victims. So people like that don't belong in the United States. If you think that that's okay, that um, uh, what they did was okay and we shouldn't take a moment of silence, you know, to mourn for these people, then you need to get the hell out of our country and go back to where the hell you came from. That's all I have to say about that. I'm sorry, a little harsh language, but it's true. Uh, the United States and uh, our past presidencies have failed us. That is their job. We pay taxes. and Included in our taxes in the United States is a sovereign government supposed to protect us and to protect our borders. That's what we pay a military for us. We pay our taxes. Our government has failed. Our country, our nation, the United States has failed us as citizens. They failed us. They've left our borders wide open. Who knows how many terrorist cells we have in the United States right now? I'm sure there's many. I'm sure there's bukus of them here. And um, because they failed us. And even Kissinger just now was on there saying, well, maybe we, you know, we've made a mistake. We shouldn't have let all these people into our country. Really? <laughs> really? I've been over there. Yeah. So um, they have failed us. 
And um, I don't know what else to tell you about that, but it's true. And so we have the people in this country now who think it is okay. I mean, we have the right to free speech. We have all of that here. But you also have consequences to what you want to believe. And if you think that beheading babies and burning children alive is okay, then I suggest to you, you leave this country because you're not wanted here. You're not wanted in the United States of America. We do not want people like you in this country. Now, when you come to this country and we bring people into our nation and when we immigrate people there to assimilate into our culture, into our country, we are a melting pot. We've got people from everywhere. You know, my parents were um, Irish and Scottish. So, you know, hey, in, in Wales, I think is what it says, so England, but majority of Scottish and Irish. Um, but yes, they've all come here, but we all should love the country that we live in because we are the last so-called, I now say, free country in the world. And uh, our children and grandchildren now have no concept of what that is. They don't care. They don't care about it like we do. My mother was very patriotic. My dad was very patriotic. They came from a very military family. You know, my grandfather um, served in, in World War II. He was a gunner in the Navy. Um, two of my uncles were lieutenant colonels in the Air Force. Uh, my other uncle was in the Navy. So, you know, very, very patriotic family. Very thankful for what our family has done and other people's families, you know, that's fought and died for this country. But we have kids now that could care less. They don't care. We've let, we've, we've taken God out of our schools and um, they think that's okay. And look what we have now. Look what we have now. We've let, we've let education take over and, and teach our children to teach them to hate God, to hate this country, to, to despise our country, and to be good little socialists. That's, that's what we've taught them. That's what we've allowed the education system to teach our children. We didn't pay attention to what they were teaching we just like, oh, we trusted. This is our problem. We trusted. Um, and this is where we are right now in this country. And can we turn the United States around? I don't know. You know, when 9-11 happened here, it's kind of like what's happening in Israel. They have come together and they have supported their name and they are hell bent. There's nothing. This is going not going to happen again. And they're going to go in and they're going to dig every member of Hamas out. And they will take care of them. Retribution, they will, they will do it. And I don't think, no matter what country, when, now Russia's up here going, we need, we need, we, let's talk peace between um, Palestine. And I don't think you're going to ever get that opportunity. I do not think that's going to happen this time around. I think Israel will defend themselves and with every absolute way they possibly can. And I wholeheartedly back them in that. Because if you do not go in and dig out these demonstrous demonized splinters like you got to dig out a splinter in your skin they're going to come back and it's going to fester and get a faster just like it has all these years and just kept on little bombs here and they're like rockets here and they got their tunnels and all this stuff and it's just going to keep on and on and on and on and on and i think after what has happened that is enough i think israel will go and they will fight these until there ain't none of them left 
and may God be behind them. And, um, you know, they are God's chosen people. They are the apple of God's eye. Those are the Jewish people. And if you go to a church here in the United States of America and they say anything different, you need to get out of that church. You need to get out of that church because if that pastor can't read the Bible and can't read the New Testament that Paul, Paul talks about, it, if he can't, you need to leave because apparently they don't know what they're talking about. They're preaching another gospel, which is a false gospel. And the Bible says they should be accursed and anathema. Boom. So get out. There is no replacement theology. None of that garbage. Get out. That's of Satan. Get out. Read your Bible. You yourself can read your Bible and know that there is no replacement theology, that that's false, that that's wicked, that's from Satan. So all lies come from Satan. He's the father of them all. You know, he has come to kill, steal, and to destroy. So remember that. And, you know, I thought about these, these demonized people doing this wicked, wretched stuff, unspeakable things that they have done. I'm like, Oh, I want them to go to hell so bad. You know, I do. I want them to burn in hell for all eternity for what they're doing. And then as I'm reading my Bible, you know, I, you know, I keep thinking, you know what? We war against spiritual forces, principalities in high places. And it's not the people. It's. Because the Bible says we do not war against flesh and blood, but against principalities and and all these high places of wickedness. And I'm like, oh. And I thought, you know, I'm I'm torn because I I want God's vengeance to be upon these people. And then I thought, maybe I should pray for these people. You know, maybe they would change. Maybe, you know, if we prayed for them, that they would, you know, turn from their wicked ways and accept Jesus as their Savior, cry out to Christ to save them. Man, you know, it could change a lot of things. And, you know, gee, nobody's ever too far gone. You know, the Bible says you can't be too far gone unless you've hardened your heart and, you know, you know, apostasy, which we'll talk about here shortly, too. Um but, you know, I pray for the victims over there. And you, you got to remember, in Gaza, there are Christians, there are, there's Muslims, there's Catholics, uh, there's all kinds of people there in Gaza. So it's not all the people in Gaza that are doing this, but the majority of them are. <laughs> A lot of them are Hamas. Um, one of the guys was on Athi Creek um, that was over there, and he was talking about that. But... Um, uh, I'm not going to go. I'm, I, I, I'm not going to go into it because if I do, I'll get angry, and uh, we're not going to talk about that from them parading um, victims. I'm just not going to do it. Um, but I wanted to uh, give hope, give encouragement to you guys, and um, mm, talk about other things relating to this. You know, the Psalm 83. You know, some folks said the Psalm 83 warm um, happened. Already in um, 1973, the Yom Kippur, which it could have. You know, the Bible talks about that. The next big thing on the prophetic calendar is the destruction of Damascus. And boy, they're awfully close, aren't they? I tell you, they are super close to that right now. 
But um, I'll read you this one headline from Breitbart. None were spared. Women, children, elderly, peace activists, Holocaust survivor, victims of Hamas attacks faced um, evil not created even by the devil. As the world sets its sights on the unprecedented surprise Hamas attack against Israel, emerging details of just how gruesome their tactics were have left many in the international community in complete shock over the unimaginable horror perpetrated against hundreds of innocent civilians, each with their own harrowing ordeal. Guys, you can go to allatreeviews.org and you can read these articles if you'd like to. But just let you know, don't ever forget what they've done and don't let the news media... And the UN and all these people turned it around against Israel. You saw those images. You saw those videos. You watched them. You heard you everything. Don't let them turn it around and make the Palestinians the victim. Don't let that happen. That's just my plea for you guys. So will Israel soon fulfill prophecy and turn Damascus into a pile of rubble? That's one we want to talk about. Um, tonight we're going to click that on. And um, that's the uh, the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 17, verse 1, in case you guys were not familiar with that. One other thing we will talk about is spiritual war warfare enveloping the globe. Tony Perkins urges prayer after um, FMR Hamas uh, or former um, Hamas leader calls for a day of jihad. And that was posted today. We'll talk a little bit about that and God's shadow army of intercessors. That's the big one we want to talk about. And uh, as I was perusing um, the mainstream media, you hear a lot about deconstructing as Christians. And you hear a lot about all this stuff, right? Or here's one. I'm a canceled Christian. And I thought, oh, let me check this out. Says I was pro-life and anti-abortion, but I've changed my stance. She called herself a fundamentalist Christian. And she said she was saved, boy, and she just spouted all this stuff off. And then, you know, we'll listen to what she has to say. And then she calls people who tell her that she was not really ever a Christian. They're just scared because that's how they were raised and they don't know any better. But I want you to listen to the things that she rambles off on and um, how she uses these things that she says, which proves that she's a Christian. But she never does say what really makes you a Christian? So take this and then listen to it. And, you know, we might as well just do this one first. I'll let you guys uh, listen to Oh Cherie and, um, and uh, let her give you her thoughts. Her name is Cherry or Cherie Trancio, whatever. She's 26 years old. And um, I will tell you uh, that a lot of people in the world today say the same thing that she says. And they think, she's a, they think they're Christians and they're not. Um, because if you remember when you die, the Lord Jesus is either going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, please enter the kingdom of heaven. Or he's going to say, depart from me. You who practice lawlessness for I never knew you. But they say, Lord, Lord, we did all these things in your name. And Lord, Lord, we did, you know, we cast out devils. and We fed them all. He's going to say, depart from me. You who practice lawlessness for I never knew you. Those are terrifying words. But it's going to be people like her who thought they were saved because, you know, well, we'll listen to her. Let's listen to her right now. I'm going to um, stop. Well, you know what? Maybe, yeah, I'm going to have to stop this and then play her recording. And then um, I'll jump in uh, with some commentary. 
if you are in the midst of deconstructing or you have deconstructed, I'm sure you've had people say this to you and that's, you were never a real Christian. Or on my videos, I get a lot of comments of she was never a real Christian or else she wouldn't have walked away. And this is really hurtful and very annoying to people who are deconstructing because I was a real Christian, a real fundamentalist Christian. I went on missions trips. I did VBS. I had a diary that I would write to, to Jesus. I read my Bible every day, prayed. I prayed the prayer. I lived out the prayer in my life. I did communicants class. Um, the elders and pastor of my church literally said, okay, this girl is saved. That's how I could take communion. They had to approve me and I was approved. Oh my gosh. And it's so, so ignorant and so rude of people to say that. But I was thinking about it and the reason that they're saying this is because they're scared. I remember being in that place and I remember someone very close to me deconstructed and they were so in it. They were working for a missions organization and their whole life was surrounded on Jesus and God and then they walked away and it was terrifying. And the only way to make your life viewpoint work is to say that they were never a Christian because Christians don't believe that you can be unsaved. And it's terrifying because that's the only crutch they have. Okay. So if you listen to her, she never really said that she was saved. Well, my pastor approved me. I did missions and the elders and I did, didn't I, 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 I. <laughs> so she never really, she never really was saved. And no, honey, it's not a crutch that we fall back on. Okay. That's, we're not terrified for you. Okay. Actually we are because I know that you will go to hell if you were to die in your sin today. So yes, that is terrifying, you know, um, but as Christians, we tell you these things in love. And so a lot of folks had posted on there that, you know, she, and it's an apostate basically is what you're, you're an apostate apostate. So you once professed to be a Christian, then you walked away. So, um, just because you profess to be a Christian does not make you a Christian. Um, who was it that always said that if I park my car in the garage, you know, or if I go sit in my garage, it doesn't make me a car, you know? So just because you attended church and you, and you did missions and, um, you did VBS, which, you know, for folks, you, this is vacation Bible school for a lot of you guys out there who don't, aren't familiar with that term is for the kiddos. Um, and so she did all these things, you know, but never once did she put her faith in Jesus Christ. She goes, oh, I prayed the prayer, you know? So that's another thing why I hate about that when people say, well, I prayed the little prayer and I'm sorry about my fire insurance. Oh, glory to God, you know? And they go off and they look like hell. So they were really, never really saved. And so she was never truly saved because you, she did all of her works, you know? She checked off the checklist. I was surprised she didn't say I was baptized. So a lot of people say baptism gets me to heaven. No, baptism is an obedience to the command of Christ once you've been saved. So baptism doesn't get you to heaven. You can go to heaven without being baptized. I know people are like, what? That's the truth. You know, if you, if you look back on the uh, crucifixion of Jesus Christ, the two thieves that hung on the next to him, and the one, you know, said today, 
you know, you know, Christ, I, you know, I know, I, I believe, you know, that you are who you say, or we deserve what we got, you know, and Jesus turned and looked at him and he goes, today you'll be in paradise with me. You know, he didn't serve on any committees. Um, he wasn't baptized. He didn't lead, you know, VBS. He didn't go on missions trips and, um, his pastor didn't approve him to take communion. So you, you see, Jesus said, today you will be in paradise with me. Because you have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have to believe he is who he says he was. God raised him. He hung on the cross. He died for your sin, for my sin. He died. He hung on the cross. He died for us. He bled and died for us so that his blood would cover our sin, would be an atonement for our sin. God raised him from the dead three days later. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead is going to resurrect you and I one day too. Whether that be in the rapture of the church when he comes and takes us and changes us in the twinkling of an eye like that. Because you know the dead in Christ will rise first and then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds and we will be with the Lord forever. And so that same power that raised Jesus is going to raise us one day too. And so, but she didn't believe in that. She didn't believe she believed in committees and elders and all this other stuff and but she did not put her faith in Jesus Christ. She noticed because when you you can ask people if they've been saved or not and you'll by talking to them like I my big thing is hey uh, where do you go to church? That's my big opening. Where do you go to church? You know and if they talk talking about church, hey there's my opening. You're like hey so do you know do you know Jesus? Oh yeah 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 boy I I, I was baptized and I said the little prayer and I'm like okay but do you know Jesus? Do you know, is he your personal savior? He's not your mama's savior, your daddy's savior, your grandmama's savior. Is he your personal savior? It is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That is, that's your salvation. Our salvation is in Christ and Christ alone. And so it's by grace alone and faith alone in Christ alone. And so um, that's the thing. She was never truly saved. And she's going to go in there and tell people, you know, that that's her crutch. That's, that's her crutch, you know. Um, and so the thing, the thing is, she never really was truly saved. But um, I wanted you guys to listen to that because a lot of that, that's a lot of people spill, you know. Oh, I said the little prayer when I was five years old. Uh, so I'm saved. <laughs> no. No, that's why I hate that little prayer thing. Just walk down here and need to say this little prayer and boy, you're, that's it. No. You got to know, you have to understand, you have to know what you're doing. You have to know that you are a sinner. We are all wretched sinners. We all deserve death. We deserve hell. But Jesus was obedient to the Father. And God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son, John 3, 16, to come and die. And he took, he took the world's sin upon him. So he who knew no sin took our sin for us he took the wrath of god so what is him taking the sin of the world he took the wrath of god so god poured his wrath out on his son so that you and i wouldn't have to experience that so anyway there's a lot there's you know there's a lot and it's not just i served on the committee and i helped with vbs and that way and i left you know i deconstructed whatever <laughs> These little terms that they come up, these worldly woke terms that they come up with. Anyway, guys, if you're going to a church and um, they're talking about replacement theology, 
get out of that church. It's not a church. Get out. Get out and get into a real church. Um, you know, a good fundamental Baptist church. Independent fundamental Baptist church. Those are good ones. <laughs> you really can't. I don't think you could really possibly. I don't know if you'd go wrong or not. I wouldn't say that Calvary Chapel uh, churches are good. Um, there are a couple in California that are not good. Uh, Chino Hills is good. Jack Hibbs is fantastic. Um, if you're in the Portland, Oregon area, Brett Meter, amazing. Um, that's not a Calvary Chapel church, but it's Athy Creek, and I love him. Um, <laughs> anyway, there's you know, and if you can't find a good church, you know where I'm going to tell you to go. You know, go to getalifemedia.com, getalifemedia.com. And go uh, check out uh, Pastor Billy Crone, and maybe you can start a church, home church in your area. Kind of like Michelle has in Alabama. There's several. So there's a couple in Texas. Um, there's a few around the world. Australia. Anyway, you can get in touch there with Pastor Billy Crone there at Sunrise Bible Church in Henderson, Nevada, and they can tell you all about it. Um, if you can't remember that, you can go to my website at BibleProphecyTheNumberFourToday.com, and I've got all of that information on my website. So, anyway, I wanted to play that so that you guys can have an idea of, you know, how people think that they're saved. And maybe you, maybe you may think, hey, I, I, I serve on missions, and, and I help with the, with the kiddos on Sunday school, and I do the VBS, and, and I do I, 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 and so I, I should go to heaven. <laughs> No, it's not about you. It's about Jesus. Jesus did the work. There's nothing we can do. Our righteous acts are like filthy rags to him, you know? And so that's another thing the Bible tells us about. But it's not you. It's Jesus. If you're depending on yourself to get to heaven and your works and all you've done and you're not in the right, you're, you're not, you're not um, depending on the right thing. You need to depend on Jesus. Our faith is in Christ and Christ alone. Anyway, uh, sorry about that. This is big on my heart because a lot of people think they're saved and they're not. Like she might have actually thought she was saved, but she's not. And the Bible does teach once saved, always saved. Because when you're saved, and I mean saved, truly saved, blood, bought, born again, oh Lord, and the Jesus and Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you something. He sends his Holy Spirit to you and the Holy Spirit seals you into the day of redemption. So once you are saved, you are saved. Nothing, the Bible says nothing in, in the book of John, nothing can snatch you out of the Father's hand. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so once you are truly saved, you are. And she's like, they're just scared. That's just a crutch because, you know, they're afraid it's going to happen to them. Too. No, honey, I'm not afraid of that. <laughs> I'm not afraid of walking away from Christ. I'm not afraid of that because I love him. He is my life. And um, I wouldn't be here without him, and nor would I ever want to be here without him. I would be terrified. I mean, terrified every waking moment if I didn't have Jesus Christ. I mean, I don't know how you. I don't know how people do it who aren't saved. I don't know. I don't understand. Because I know today that if I walked outside and an anvil fell on my head and I died, I'd know where I'm going to wake up. If I walked outside and I got I ran over by a truck, struck by lightning, fell off the curb, busted my. I don't know. I know when I wake up, I'm waking up in eternity with Jesus Christ. Because that's, that's my hope. He's my blessed hope. When he comes to take me out of here, whether it be in the rapture or I go before the rapture, I know where I will spend eternity. And it is my Savior, my God, Jesus Christ. That's who I will spend. One day I will see his face. 
And what a glorious day that will be. One day you will see his face. And I pray that it's a glorious day for you too. Because if you don't know him as your personal savior, you're not going to want to see that face. I'll tell you that. Um, but anyway, it's, that is it's the whole reason why I do this podcast. It's the whole reason why I have the website. It's the whole reason why I want to glorify my father, which means bring glory to him. I want the world to know Jesus. I want the world to know that time is so short. We live in the end times right now. And I don't think anybody can question that now, looking around the world and the things that are happening. You know, you don't need somebody to tell you that. <laughs> you know, these are the, you know, like, Toto, we're not in Kansas no more. <laughs> you know, something is up. And so I started doing this podcast a long time ago. And, <laughs> you know, my brother was like, um, you should do a podcast. And I'm like, why do we want to hear this Texas goober talk, you know? <laughs> I remember when I first started doing it was so weird because I was like talking to like nobody was in front of me and I'm like this is so weird you know and I was like this is so strange but yeah apparently the more you do stuff the 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 more comfortable or that I wouldn't say better but the more comfortable you get you know and um just to let you know I'd love to hear from you guys when you guys email me like whatever I absolutely love to hear from you guys good bad or ugly I don't care just email me you know I'll do my best to get back with you um but it was so strange. But, um, you know, I have studied eschatology for the almost more than half my life. It has been more than half my life now. And um, I just love it. My grandmother, my mamma put that in my heart when I was very, very young. I was at the age of four. I mean, I also got my Bible that she gave me in 1986. And so... Um, absolutely i have read the bible and i love the word of god i just love it and i want everybody else to love the word of god too i want everybody else to love god and i want you know that's my heart's desire i just it's like a, a flame inside of me um you know how much i love jesus and i just want the world to know um how much jesus loves them too and that there's hope for you there's hope for you if you don't know Jesus yet. If you're not sure where you would wake up if you were to die today, there is hope for you. All you have to do is cry out and ask Jesus to save you. That's all you really have to do. That's it. There's no special nothing. You don't. I mean, you don't have. You don't have to be in a church. Uh, you don't have to be on the phone with somebody. Um, nobody has to tell you the prayer to say, you know, there's no special nothing you have to say. You just have to know that you're a sinner and know that you need a savior. And you need to know that Jesus Christ is your savior. He's the only one that can save you. The Bible says nobody comes to the father except through me. That's Jesus. He goes, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the father except through me. That's Jesus. And so you have to know that there aren't a thousand ways to heaven. There aren't a thousand ways to father. There's not a thousand ways to God. There's not. There's one. That's through Jesus Christ, his son. That's it. That's it. That's all there is. And you know, when people say, um, oh, you Christians, you're just, you know, you're intolerant or, you know, this is, there's, there's no way. There's, there's thousands of ways like Oprah. There's, hey, Oprah was ways raised in a Baptist home. She knows. She's heard the, she's heard the gospel. She's heard the, she knows, but she denies it. And so don't let anybody tell you that. Like the Joel Osteen, well, that's just not God's best. You know, you're asking about homosexual marriage. That's just not God's best. no. It's not God's best. It's a sin. It's an abomination to God. And so you have to tell people the truth in love. You have to. 
No matter how much it hurts them, no matter if you think they're going to get mad at you or never talk to you or like, what are I going to tell you something? Because when you get to heaven, we're going to have to answer to God for every time we did not. You know, I don't want someone's, I don't want someone's blood on my hands you know, in Ezekiel. I don't want that. I don't want that. I would rather tell somebody in love. And I know it's hard. Don't get, don't get me wrong. My whole life, I haven't always been like that. In my younger years, I wasn't like that. Not like I am now, you know, like in my 20s or whatever. I was like, oh, you know, everybody's like to their each their own, you know, like whatever. But no, you know, the closer I get now towards the end of, you know, of course, we're in the end days. And of course, the closer to the end of my life, you know, who knows? But my thing is, and, and you know, so the Bible says we have to tell these people, we have to tell everybody in love, everybody. Because if you tell them that their sin is okay, and then of course they die, like, well, they said it was okay. You know, no. Your blood, God is like going to require in your hands. And so we need to tell them. We tell them because we love them. I don't want anybody to go to hell. Well, I can't really say that right now with the world going on over there and those atrocities. I would be lying to you all if I said that. Um, but, you know, the Bible, you know, God doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants all to come to the saving grace of his son, Jesus Christ. And so um, if we don't tell people the truth, they may not know that they're living in sin like i'll give you an example my friend devonay okay she reached out to me the other night uh we used to work together from way back you know and we haven't talked in a very long time and she said that she was going to a church uh her and her boyfriend and they had been living together but she did not know that that was a sin because she wasn't raised in a christian home so if you're not raised in a christian home you're not going to know that that's a sin if you don't read your bible or you know whatever you don't know you're like a new christian you don't know these things you know you don't know that that's that's a sin and so anyway, they've been going to the church this whole time and the way they loved him and they're excited yeah, they're going every Sunday night and they wanted to become members and so uh they went to the meeting and they did little four or six classes whatever and then they got ready to, to become members and they're like wait you know they I guess they found that what you aren't married and they're like no and they're like y'all live together and they're like yeah and they said well you can't be members here and she was like what why not and of course well, they didn't know that it was a sin and so the church had to tell them that that's a sin and I'm not sure how they told them because she got really upset about it. And, um, and you know, I'm not really sure what happened, but they said they were treated different after that. And I mean, they shouldn't have been treated different like that in the church. I mean, hello, that's not right. Of course, you can't be a member. No, because you can't be blatantly living in sin. And then the church said, oh, come on in. Let's have y'all to be member. You know, no, that's a problem with a lot of these churches. Um, you need to, I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's, you know, you, you have to abide by the Bible. You can't be living in, you know, blatant sin and like, Hey, you know, so, I mean, the church was correct in that point, but how they treated them differently, you know, all that, that was not, that was not right. And so, but a lot of folks like, you know, saying they don't know that they're living in sin. And so, you know, when you get to heaven, you're going to stand before God. You know, if I know that you're doing something sinful, that's, you know, against the, I'm supposed to tell you that, but tell you that in love. And so a lot of people say, thou shall not judge. You shall not judge. That's what the Bible says. Thou shall not judge. I'm like, did you finish the chapter? Did you finish the second verse of that? Did you read the entire verse of that? No, but they stopped there because they don't want to be judged for their sin. <laughs> the Bible, we are to judge sin. The Bible says we're to judge sin. We're not supposed to judge the intent of their heart. Because you know, first you got to take that giant plank out of your own eye to see the little bitty splinter in your, you know, your friend's eye there. But um, yeah, we are to judge. We're to judge sin. And so, um, 
that's where the world gets. The world takes these little verses out of context, you know, <laughs> just like, like this, pull them out of the air, you know, I'm like, where did you, what, how did you, did you not, what, you know, there's a whole paragraph you're supposed to you know, read in that. That'd be like reading a few sentences of the paragraph and then just taking like a snippet in the middle, you know, and saying, that's what, see, that's what the Bible says. And I'm like, what, you know, but anyway, I digress. Um, you know, and it's the same thing with these so-called prophets and prophetesses and all of this stuff, you know, in the end times. And I'm like, where, somebody tell me how you could follow somebody and take these people serious when they're sitting there saying, Holy Spirit, activate. I'm like, what? And you have some dude in the background walking back with like a, a blanket or something like he's Linus. I'm like, what is going on? Um, and then millions of people watch these people. This lady was her was a Paula White, like wasn't she like advisor to President Trump or something? That's a scary thought. This woman was an advisor to President Trump, and she's over here yelling, Holy Spirit, activate. Like, what are we watching? And so they make a mockery of God. To me, that is making a mockery of my God when you're hollering stupid stuff like this. And then you have this lady called Kat Kerr. And like a million views. And I'm like, are you serious? Are you serious? And I love how they all so-called prophesied that President Trump would be the president again. And they gave the second number. He would be the next president. I'm like, uh, the number doesn't go up. He would be the same number, President 41. But no, they don't know this. And they just kept him. Oh my God. And if you listen to these folks, it's all about them. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? And um, like, and then she says she goes on up to heaven every day. Like she just visits him right there in the throne room every day like it's nothing. I'm like, what Bible are you reading that you could possibly listen to this woman and take her seriously with her pink hair? <laughs> I don't care if you got pink hair or not, but I'm just saying, how could you take this woman seriously after reading your Bible and then looking at that? Same thing. When you go to the end, what's that Brown? What's his name? Um, I don't even know. I ain't going to give you any names out there. Cause you're going to be following those people. The Kenneth Copeland's and all these, these wicked people, wicked, wicked people. Did you not see when he cut his little hand and then his little partner over there, they, they were like squeezing like it was their blood. And the, it was disgustingly demonic. Millions of people watched it. They thought that was the greatest thing since last bread. I'm like, you do not read your Bibles. And you know, we die. Our, our, our Christians, they die and they're because they don't know. They don't read their lack of knowledge. The Bible says we are to study to show ourselves approved by God. Study to show yourself approved. Now, if you're watching Kat Kerr, Kenneth Copeland, and all these people, you're not studying to show yourself approved. <laughs> because you know better. You mean like these people are crazy. They are. They're absolutely wicked and then when you see these people laying in the floor and they're hooping and hollering and rolling around and laughing hysterically folks that is the kundalini spirit that is not the holy spirit that's kundalini spirit which is the hindu spirit that is a demon okay pretty plain and simple uh you know they're speaking in tongues and they're like just falling down and they're just jerking and that is the kundalini spirit do i believe in speaking in tongues in this day do i yes oh i do I totally do, but there's a time and a place for that, time and a place, and that is not it, and it doesn't look like that, okay, just tell you, if you want to know, go to my YouTube channel, I did an entire, I did a video on, is speaking in tongues 
for today. And yes, I do believe that 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 there are folks that have that gift. I do believe it. Um, Pastor Brett Meter, Athy Creek Church, same thing. Um, Pastor Alan Jackson of Alan Jackson Ministry, same thing. So do I believe it was cessationist? No, I don't. I believe they're still active today. But there's a time and a place for that. And do I believe it is in the church? No, I don't. And I do the whole video over that. You guys can go and watch that if you want to. Um, if you want to learn a little bit better, that's what you're supposed to study to show yourself approved. Now there's I, Justin Peters. I love him. Love him. He is a cessationist. He thinks all those passed away when the apostles passed away. That's fine. I love him. You know, that's great. Pastor Billy Crone does not. He thinks that cessationism is cessationist too, that all those died, all those gifts died when the apostles died. That's great. I love Pastor Billy Crone. But I studied in what I came up with in, um, from following other pastors and reading and studying in all these years and actually being one that, you know, that, 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 you know, does, I thought, and at first I thought I was like, something was wrong with me. I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, I thought, Oh, Oh, this is sinful. I'm not supposed to. So I, you know, I've done a lot of research on that, but anyway, beside the point, go watch the video. If you want to learn more about that. Anyway, pastor, you know, Brett Meter, there's several pastors, um, you know, that'll, that'll, uh, that expounds on that. And there's a lot of them that, you know, think it's, you know, it's cessationist. But anyway, that's the point. You got to study to show yourself approved, you know. And so a lot of folks, they don't study for themselves. They'll listen to what somebody tells them and they'll take that and they'll say, oh, okay, you know, that's, yeah, that's great, you know. And then uh, they don't study. My mamaw taught me when I was so young, like three or four years old. You know, she's like, if a pastor ever tells you something you can't find in the Bible or they can't tell you in the Bible where they got it, you don't believe them. And so I've been a Berean ever since then, my entire life. But anyway, um, I just, I just love the word of God. And I just, I, yeah, this whole, this whole podcast, the whole thing is just to bring glory to God and basically just to let people know um, that we are in the end times Bible prophecy is true. What the Bible said was going to happen is going to happen exactly like Jesus said it was. And we look around the world today and we can see it happening just like he said it was going to happen because we're going to jump in to this next article right now. It's called God's Shadow Army of Intercessors. So this is Israel365news.com and it's by Christian Darg, Christ, Christine Darg. Uh, it's posted on the 12th of October. And we're going to read it really quick. It's Psalm 140, verse 2. And this is from the Israel Bible. Rescue me, Hashem, from evil men. Save me from the lawless. And she goes on to say, The acronym Hamas is a word in Hebrew that actually means violence. It's a hell-bent death cult like ISIS that hates both Jews and Christians and enslaves many Palestinian souls. Presently, Israel is uh, seemingly alone at the forefront, desperately trying to hold back the tsunami of evil. But Israel's God of heavenly armies is on the scene, and there is also a shadow army of biblical intercessors who are like Aaron and her holding up the arms of Moses. She says, um, As I was writing this blog, an intercessory friend called me, and we prayed together. Thank you, Lord, that you were not taken unawares. You are not shocked. You use all things to bring about the ultimate good because you are sovereign of the universe. Use us intercessors in this dangerous hour as Esther's in Ruth to stand with your holy purposes. 
And she goes on to say, columnist Melanie Phillips observed that the Hamas barbarianism is the worst since the Holocaust. In fact, Israeli President Isaac Herzog posted on X, not since the Holocaust have so many Jews been killed on one day. We have always known who Hamas is, said Prime Minister Netanyahu. Now the entire world knows. She goes, there's a code of honor that all combatants are supposed to abide by. When a battle is raging, women and children are supposed to be left out of it. But Hamas had no interest in following such rules. Barry Shaw international public democracy director of the israeli institute for strategic studies wrote to me that a terrible anomaly has happened um, it says quote a pogrom a dreaded part of our past has reinvented itself and descended on us once again this time in our own homeland and quote shaw believes as do many biblical eschatologists that the worst is yet ahead before god supernaturally intervenes and i agree Quote, as Israel is about to be faced with both Hezbollah and Iranian terror eager to join the execution, Shaw wrote, we are truly living in biblical predicted times. And so I appeal to Christian supporters of Israel to publicly stand with us in our decisive hour, unquote. And he said, she says, let us perceive the biblical times, Asaph, uh, accurately described um, this axis of evil in Psalm 83, a song, a song, a psalm. Of Asaph. So, O Hashem, do not be silent, do not hold aloof, do not be quiet, O Hashem. For your enemies rage, your foes assert themselves, they plot craftily against your people, take counsel against your treasured ones. They say, Let us wipe them out as a nation. Yisrael's name will be mentioned no more. Unanimous in their counsel, they have made an allegiance against you. The clans of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hegrites, Jebel, Ammon, and Amalek. Amalek, Philistia, with the inhabitants of Tyre. Assyria, too, joins forces with them. They give support to the sons of Lot. Selah. Deal with them as you did with Midian, with Sisera, with Jabin, in the brook of Kishon, where who were destroyed at Endur, who became dung for the field. Treat their great men like Oreb and Zeb, and their princes like Zeba and Zalmunna. Who said, let us take the meadows of Hashem as our possession. Oh my God, make them like thistle down, like stubble driven by the wind. As a fire burns a forest, as flames scorch the hills, pursue them with your tempest, terrify them with your storm, cover their faces with shame so that they seek your name, Hashem. May they be frustrated and terrified, disgraced and doomed forever. She goes on to say, apparently this... The Psalm 83 nations must be defeated before the Ezekiel 38 war transpires because the Ezekiel war does not mention them in the conflict. Iran is pushing for this present war in order to stop Israel's normalization with the Saudis. But in the future, Ezekiel 38 war verse 13 of that chapter foretells that the territory of present day Saudi Arabia, Sheba and Dedan only protests the invasion of Israel, indicating that relations between Israel and the Saudis will at that time be settled. According to eschatologist and Texas Bible scholar, Pastor Andy Woods, at bare minimum, all of us should take away from this war how ridiculous the notion of the two-state solution is. The Gaza Strip, where the rockets attacks have been launched from in the, in the current crisis, was given to the Palestinians in 2005. They had one and only one election in which they elected Hamas. Indeed, uh, before Israel's disengagement from Gaza, I and another prayer leader took, uh, he says, took an armored bus full of intercessors and musicians to go to Gush Katif to believe God that uh, the withdrawal would not transpire. But tragically, it did. And we saw the uh, the horror of Jews evicted, evicting Jews from their homes, um, Tish uh, Tish Biav 
And afterwards, we also witnessed the utter disdain for the treasures that Israel left behind. Greenhouses, homes, buildings, all completely destroyed by the anti-Semitic spirit of hate. Um, even Jewish graves had to be removed before him. Since that fateful time, this area has been used as a platform to attack the Jewish people via rockets and incendiary devices and how to launch a killing spree, the beheading of children and the raping and kidnapping of Israeli women and children. So how is the two-state solution working out? The insanity of Hamas was hopefully... She says, the insanity of Hamas has hopefully brought clarity to the situation. Satan, because he suffers brain damage uh, in the Garden of Eden, uh, Genesis 3, uh, verse 15, always overplays his hand. Thus, God's plans and purposes will prevail. Hallelujah. Uh, she says, Jerusalem Channel uh, presenter Christine Dari can be contacted at www.jerusalemchannel.tv. And so... Uh, that was her article there, God's Shadow Army of Intercessors. And so I kind of wanted to just kind of put it from their perspective. And so another one is the spiritual warfare enveloping the globe. It says Tony Perkins urges, Tony Perkins urges prayer after uh, former Hamas leader calls for day of jihad. This is the HD staff, um, October the 13th today. And it says, Israelis and Jews across the globe are being warned by the National Security Council and Foreign Ministry of Israel to stay vigilant after a former leader of Hamas called for an international day of jihad on Friday. Quote, against the backdrop of the swords of iron war, the Hamas leader issued a call to all their supporters in the world to hold a day of rage this coming Friday, October the 13th, including a call to go out and harm Israelis and Jews. A joint statement cautioned from this Excuse me, quote from this, it is likely that there will be protest events in various countries around the world, which may develop into violent events. Multiple governments uh, worldwide ordered increased security for synagogues, Jewish businesses, and Jewish schools over concerns of targeted violence and anti-Semitism amid the war in Israel. France's interior minister, Gerald Darmanin, reported a dramatic rise in anti-Semitic incidents in the country since Hamas' attack on Israel Saturday morning. Tony Perkins, president of the Family Research Council, took these took to social media to call Christians to prayer during the so-called Day of Jihad on Friday, October the 13th. Quote, this call to jihad is m just, m just more evidence of the spiritual warfare that is enveloping the globe right now, he wrote. While terrorists are relying on their anger and calling for powers of darkness to invade the world, Christians must point everyone toward the Prince of Peace in the light of the world, Jesus. Perkins pointed to 2 Corinthians chapter uh, uh, 10, verse 4. Which reads, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And he says over the next 24 hours, he urged Christians to get out their spiritual weapons and pray that God will frustrate the plans of those who want to cause further murder and mayhem with Israel and around the world. So folks, that's what we should be doing. You know, people are like, what, are we, what should we be doing right now? And my big thing is we should be praying, praying for the peace of Jerusalem and praying for the peace of Israel. You know, we are commanded to pray for the peace of Israel. And so when we pray that, it's like when we pray the Lord's Prayer, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. Um, and so that's what we're praying for, Jesus Christ to come and rule and reign his kingdom to come. And so that's what we pray for. And so I'm going to end this podcast tonight with that prayer. You know, we, all of us Christians, uh, all of us, we should be praying for the peace in Israel. And, um, we pray for the priests of Jerusalem, and we ask that God would protect those, um, all the people there in Israel, the ones fighting, 
the ones that have been kidnapped or held hostage, Lord God, we ask that your angels would intervene, that you would send your angels to intervene and to fight for them, Lord. We just ask that you please protect them and comfort them, Lord, and comfort the ones that are missing their family members or the ones that have lost family members. God, we just ask for your your supernatural peace in their life, Lord, and we just ask that you would supernaturally comfort them. And Father God, we just we thank you for the things you've done for us. We thank you for the promises that you've given us. And Father God, we just, you know, we rely on you for our protection, for our provision. And Father, we just give you all glory and honor. And we just, Father, we just thank you for these things and ask you these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening. And may God bless each and every one of you. And uh, get out there and tell somebody about Jesus today while you still can.